0: Morning to the 85% of us who this morning is a lamentable occasion. It was a disappointing end to a fantastic season. So, uh, anyway, the Lord be with you this morning. Um, uh, And also, uh, just wanted to um, uh, thank uh, the polling family for for, uh, taking charge of things. Last week, while I was uh, away, I was at a 50th wedding anniversary. Uh, from my, my aunt and my uncle and uh, it was really incredible that un- unfortunately I'll just be honest in that um, divorce is, is something that is a, a, a bit common, a bit too far too common in my, in my family and um, to, to, to have a celebration of 50 years of marriage was something that was very precious and it, it struck me like wow this is just really worth celebrating Um, and as Carissa mentioned uh, I will add that um, I just I got a flyer uh, this week for Sparrow Ministries is doing this marriage workshop uh, on February 1st and then another date in in June just one day seminars Uh, I believe it's going to be a grace fellowship in Timonium but uh, strongly recommend uh, any um, uh, couples uh, especially if you've been married for some time and um, kind of need that, uh, that jump start, um, I think it would be a fantastic thing uh, for, for couples from New Hope to be involved in that. Um, we are continuing this morning in our series, The New Way to Be Human, which is a, a trek through Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. Um, and we are just pleased as punch to have with us, pleased as punch. Who says that? <laughs> um, apparently I do. Um, oh, does she say that? Yeah. Um, we, are, we are pleased to have uh, Jay Davies with us today. Uh, for, for well over 20 years, um, Jay's name has been synonymous with uh, youth ministry and just um, uh, pouring himself out. Uh, to, um, to young people um, uh, through Grace Fellowship and, and through uh, the Baltimore area. He uh, served 22 years uh, on staff for Youth for Christ, um, and now he has started, a, within the past few years, he started a new ministry, a new organization called Greater Than Ministries, and we're going to have a few moments to, to hear about that at the end of the sermon, and we're going to pray for him. Uh, but for now, please welcome Jay
1: as he continues our series. All right. Am I on? People hear me? Sweet. All right. Um, so, good to see you guys. Um, I'm actually, I was not grieving last night. My team, I, I went, I was, I needed to be talked off the cliff back in October because I'm a New York Giants fan. Um, so, <laughs> we had a pretty rough year. We, we are a long way from the helmet catch years. Uh, but it's, you know, feeling, you know, for for all you Raven fans hanging in there, that was a great year. Shoo. <laughs> it was a, they were actually fun to watch this year. Oh my. So and as a non-Ravens fan, I like to see games that are good to watch. And they were fun to watch. So anyway, asking, seeking, and knocking is the topping we've topic we've got going on this morning. Um how many of you have ever seen this illustration? The five it's I, I didn't bring any money for this or anything. We're not doing anything money-wise, but ever see the illustration, the $5 bill thing? The pastor stands up front, and, and there's like a famous inspirational story of the father standing up front, of the pastor standing up front, not father, and the pastor standing up front with a $5 bill and just saying, who would like this? Don't look for this and and the kid, and everybody's sitting there kind of like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if I sh- we should grab that, that's, that's $5, there's a trick in this. And then this little boy walks up and takes it. And the, and the pastor says, it was there for any of you, and he's the one who had the courage to take it. Have you ever seen Who's seen that illustration? Anyone ever heard of that? Okay. Well, it got messed up. The problem is, it, it's actually gone around a few different churches, and I think it may have found its way onto YouTube. Because I saw a youth pastor use that illustration uh, a, f- a couple of years ago, go up and hold the $5 up, and he says, all right, so I've got these $5. This is at a youth group. About 10 kids came running up, just like, no, get to it, get to it, no, yeah! and like fighting for it. He had no idea. He, he was like, I, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. Um, It was, um, yeah, and so nobody remembers the supposed brilliance of the illustration that he was sharing, that God's gift is a free gift for all of us, or God's gifts are there for the taking. All everyone remembers is the kids mauling each other to get up to grab the five bucks so they could get their, you you know, $5 off at GameStop or Five Below or something like that, whatever it was. But even worse, this is what made it worse. The pastor didn't know what to do. Um, He was so flabbergasted, so confused, that he actually encouraged the entitlement and gave all the kids who came running up $5. I'm like, ah, that wasn't a good idea. As if they didn't really feel like they could do that already. This was not an issue of someone quietly, shyly walking up, ah, so it's an interesting lead-in to what we're talking about today. We're talking about asking, seeking, and knocking. We're talking about, I know you all have been talking about the Sermon on the Mount the, for a while here, and today, one 20 we're looking at Jesus' insights on this topic, on this passage. And as I prayed, God, give me just some, some thoughts on this scripture. Like, I kind of like the entitled middle school kids who grab the five dollars, sometimes we all need a little perspective on ask, seek, and knock unless you, th- unless you think I'm slagging the kids on this. We just got through Christmas. Christmas gives us the vision of the life that we wish we had. The material stuff that you see, the commercials, You could tell me which one got to you or which one annoyed you the most this year, but they exist to make us feel as if we lack something. I mean, just spend time thinking about how mindless some of these ads are. You can see, if you look closely, you can see the gears turning and how they're trying to make you feel certain things in those commercials. And we're suckers for it. But it's not just the material stuff, is it? Consider, um, actually, I have have this thing here. So that was the $5. Sorry, I just realized I have the clicker again. I've never dealt with these things. And so this is the material stuff. I was not in a mall that fancy this Christmas. I don't know about you. but, But it's not just material things like this or going to a mall or getting stuff. It's also the popularity of Hallmark movies. Right, any fans? No one dares put their hands up. A few people are. I know you but but let's be honest. these movies defy any modicum of realism right every it's basically every life problem is solved on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, and uh, I actually made a Facebook post this year that said, well, so what what about?" All these things that are solved nicely on December 24th and 25th, but what happens on December 26th? And Because I, I wanted to see like, what kind of things Does did, did the couple that inspirationally came together while standing under the snowflakes with candlelight all around them suddenly go, you know what? This was a bad idea. We're awful together. We, shouldn't, we should never have gotten together. Like, what happens? I, I don't know. And I got some interesting responses on that. Um, but, let's, but why... Are these so popular? There's a longing for a happier ending to some of our stories, isn't there? And I think a lot of people will say, uh, who I've talked to have said, man, I just, I, I, don't, I know they're, they don't make any sense, but they, they touch something in my soul. Because we all have something that's gone wrong. None of us had perfect holidays, I'm sure, with family. We all have places where we want love, reconciliation, peace to happen. So we all have things we want. We all have areas where we feel bereft, lacking, empty. And we all have things that we wish were different. We need perspective on ask, seek, and knock even more than the kids running up to grab the $5. So why don't we pray for a moment? And just ask God to lead us where he wants to in this time and to speak to us about what we long for. God, thank you that nothing is too big for you. We thank you that you care about our longings even more than we do. The things we have on our mind that we're worried about right now You already have them covered. You're just asking us to come to you. Pray you'd lead us in this time in each one of us where we need to be. Amen. So, let's read this together. Let's go ahead and um, see what the scripture says. Ask and it will be given to you. If you want to read it out loud, you can, if it helps you. We all might be a little off, who knows. Ask and it will be given to you Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So, I'm going to use the... Oh, wrong way. Here we are. Um, let's take this apart a little bit. I've heard people use the term "unpack" too many times. So, let's just talk about this. There's two main parts to the Scripture. What I like to do the most is ask questions. I find questions give me space to think and give space for the spirit to do what he wants to do in my own heart. So let's look at part one again here. So it says, ask and it will be given to you. You Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door is opened. So here's some questions to get us thinking. Why does God want or need me to ask? If God knows what I need, why doesn't he just give it to me right now? What do I gain? Why is it important that I actually initiate this question with God? See, often our goal in asking is to get the thing that we want, right? Usually, my list of things I want, I'm coming up with it, and, I'm, and sometimes I don't even talk to God unless I've got something on my mind that I want right now, right? We know that that's not what prayer is supposed to be, but that's what a lot of us do. And some of us may, you know, there are times when I've been in better you know, in a better groove just with God in general, but there are times when that's where I am, when I'm not in my best place. I'm sure you've been there too. But let's talk a little bit about what we want. So think first about how our advertising culture has trained us. It doesn't appeal to our rationale, does it? Because if you and I sat there, we saw something we wanted, but we sat and thought about it, we would go, wait a second. I don't really need that. But instead, they motivate us to act impulsively. And if you're like me, I tend to be a cautious person. I I took a lot of classes in uh, critical thinking in school. And so I tend to see ad campaigns that are like, hey, you want this. I'm like, hmm, is that what you're trying to tell me right now? Hmm, I tend to be very critical of it. My wife will tell you I'm that way. Lindsay will tell you. I tend to... I tend to be like, oh, this is what they're trying to do in this commercial. Oh. And, or I may not fall, you may not fall for the aesthetically pleasing store display that makes the item of choice look 50% better than it actually is. So they can charge you 50% more. But this, but this isn't really about savers versus spenders, though, or people who are skeptical or easily lured in. That's not what I'm talking about, because those of us who tend to lean towards saving have we still have the comfort of knowing it's there if we want it. Right? I mean, like, so I can go, man, I really want some Chipotle right now. Oh man. So sorry if I'm making y'all hungry. I'm I love Chipotle, but so I might. But here's the thing: I even as someone who's cautious about it, I can go get it. What's stopping me? Or this may not appeal to you as much, but I'm a big fan. You could put your favorite book here. Or the new Malcolm Gladwell book. I'm a big Gladwell fan. If anyone knows his stuff, I like his his books a lot. I just go to Amazon and click, done. Bam. I don't need either of those things right now, but I can have them if I want them, right? See, God doesn't do that, does he? God, I'd like this right now. God makes no promises. We think it's a curse. We can't have what we want and need right when we want or need it. Or is that a blessing? There's power in actually thinking through what I desire and need and why it is that I want it. And whether God might really want to give it to me. Here's another thought on that. What if, I, what if I know the thing I want in that moment, but I don't really know what I want? What am I talking about? Well, Remember when Jesus speaks to blind Bartimaeus. What question does Jesus ask him? Yeah, but he actually, it's even more vague than that. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. Well, what do you want me to do for you? And we're thinking, uh, Jesus, it's obvious, the guy's blind, he wants you to heal him, makes him see. It's not a meaningless question. Bartimaeus' answer could have 1,000 different longings behind it. Here's what I mean. Here's a request we might have today. God, I want a new luxury car. I'm not here to praise or refute the notion of any of us getting one. Okay? But my question is this. Do you really know what you're asking for? Um, I want a luxury car. Come on. No. What are you really seeking? Let's try three different people here. Consumer A. Well, why do you want a luxury car, Consumer A? Well, (laughs) I have so many things in my life I worry about. <sighs> my business, my kids, everything. I want a car I don't have to worry about. So consumer A, what do they really want? Yeah. Reliability, dependability, um, convenience. Okay, So that person might be looking for something much bigger in their life than just a new car, right? Here's person consumer B. I need people to see me as someone who has life figured out. I want my car to tell people who I am. Look at me. Look at my car. What does consumer B want? What, what, yeah, he said status. Someone else? What? Respect? Yeah, I was going to say validation. Any of those. Yeah. So that's so... And they think the car's going to solve that. But there's a much bigger question in that person's life, isn't there? How about consumer C? My life is frenetic. I'm running from one place to the next. I have to drive this place. I have to go here. I'm dropping my, this kid off here while picking five kids up here. It's, yeah, some of you know that life. But I, I just want to get in my car, have the seats at just the right temperature, to sink right into the contour of my car and have it feel just perfect. And I don't have time or the money to get a massage all the time, but I can do this. <laughs> what is Consumer C wanting? Okay, respite. That's, that's a great word. Comfort, just something that, like, the car is almost like a vacation getaway, right? <laughs> So you notice how three people will want the same thing, but they really want something different. Have you ever considered that in how you pray? What is it that you really long for? If Jesus asks you, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to give you? Do you really know the answer? So there's a couple things, there's three things where I want to focus on that I think God wants us to remember as we're asking. Two in this part of the scripture and one in the last part. And I hope this hits us deeper. These are answers that can hit us on the surface and we'll just say, well, yeah, I know God cares about me, but I hope this hits you in a deeper place as we talk about this. So the first one is that God wants us to remember who he is. Well, that's a good perspective for us. Often in my asking, all I'm doing is thinking about myself still. When I, when I pray and I remember who God is, he's God, I'm not. That kind of changes how I ask, doesn't it? Often I live as if my life is about me. When I remember that he's God and I'm knocking on his door, all of this is for his glory. Changes how I ask. My posture of asking changes. I'm not the kid sitting on Santa Claus lap. I'm bowing before my God and creator and saying, God, what, what is, what's the best thing here? So that's the first thing. I'm remembering who he is. But we're also his children and he wants to give us good things. We're not just his servants. He says we're his children. The second thing is to remember what God is capable of so here's my a, a personal application of what do I really want Linz and I have had some times when an unexpected response uh, like not unexpected expense has come up and you know my first reaction when that happens is God can you give us the money for this like okay I don't want to have to think about this like can, can you come through and poof, there's a pile of money right here. We can pay for this thing. That's often how I'd pray. But I really could have set my sights a lot higher. And I could have asked about what really worried me. God, do you have us in your hands? Will you provide for everything we need? My expectations of God were too low when I pray that way, when I just pray for the thing I need immediately? Am I trusting that God actually, across the bigger picture of my life, has always taken care of me? He's always come through. I can count on him. So I guess I'd ask this just to think for a moment. Do you know why you ask God for the things you ask him for? Do you know what your deeper longing really is? What if you prayed for that? What if you asked God to let, to show you what that really is? I'd like to take a pause and just kind of be quiet with God for a second and let us have a moment to think about that if there's something in your life that you're concerned about and just, just lift that up and then we'll come back and close verses 9 through 11. What is it that you really want, and would you allow God to show it to you? All right. So we'll come back to this at the end. Um, but part two, we look at verses nine through eleven again, and actually have a funny thing there. And this—this this is what—this is the picture that came to my mind when I think of what's up with the dad in the second part. You know. The kid who goes to his dad and says, Dad, I'm hungry. Can I have some fish? No, you get a snake, kid. Like, what's that about? That's I always think of when I see that scripture, Daddy, can I have some bread? No, nah, but here's a rock. Chew on that for a bit. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's as cruel as Charlie Brown trick-or-treating, right? You know? All the other kids, I got cookies. I got a chocolate bar. I got a pack of gum. What is it? I got a rock. Wait, now, you know what it is. Everybody say it on three. One, two, three. I, I got a rock. Yeah. That's, that's what that always comes, that reminds me of poor Charlie Brown there. It seems messed up. Um, how many people are dads in this room? Any dads? Yeah, dads. How many moms? Cool. And, None of us has it together, and if we're honest, we all have some brokenness in us, but we try to give our kids what we need, what they need. Um, some of you saw our daughter Eliza up here. Uh, she's, uh, she's our only kid. She's nine years old, and Eliza loves, 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 loves pizza, and she may, she may not get pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but we try to give her what she needs. And often that's the opposite of pizza. But this past Christmas, she got some things she really wanted, and then there were probably a few things that she didn't expect, but we knew she needed. That's always a fun balance, isn't it? You know, I'm, I remember opening the socks from my grandmom every Christmas and going, "What is this?" I don't know. Anyway, but do you think Eliza always wants what her mom and I give her? No, and. Probably no more than your kids want every single thing you give them. Here are your vegetables. Now, some kids love vegetables, but yeah, a lot of them will say no. The standard response is usually no. Similarly, God gives us what we need, but often it doesn't feel that way. As, as I told you guys all another time that I taught here, several times in my life, God has given me something I did not uh, want or expect. I, I think I spoke here and I talked about the need we all have for resurrections in our life this past spring. And though I told you a few of mine, and my most recent one was the door closing on me with Youth for Christ a year and a half ago. Um, and, and it was really hard because I had to leave a lot of people I really loved. There's a staff there, they're incredible people, just great people who love the Lord deeply and are sold out to sharing Jesus with teenagers and reaching out to those who may never hear about him. But God was giving me something I needed. God knew I needed a resurrection and that he had a new mission for me, a new purpose for my life. And in in looking back, I see his hand on it but compared to some people the battle I went through is nothing. Sometimes God gives us what appears to be a stone. His love takes on a sheep we did not expect or want. It could be a major tragedy. Loss of somebody that we love. Bad news from a doctor. But it can also be something Less intense, but still real. Someone we used to have fellowship with walks away from God. Or a friend we've grown apart from. Or an unexpected job change or move. Some things there is no easy answer for. Maybe that is the answer. Maybe the answer is God's trying to draw us away from the easy answers and into his presence. See, our motive is always getting what we want. That's what we tend to walk in in our flesh. We just kind of, I want what I want. God knows that what we really need is him. And nothing we get will ever be enough for us except him. So as we seek, ask, seek, knock... A few things God wants us to remember is who he is, what he's capable of. I don't know what's happening here. Oh, there's, there's the bread. Anyway. <laughs> nice. Who he is, what he's capable of, and then how great his love is for us. And this, we can't take this too lightly. Somehow God is giving us what will get us where we need to go, whether it's talking David through the wilderness before he becomes king, saying, I'm with you, you actually need this. Well, it didn't feel like it at the time, did it, to David? Or bringing Ruth and Naomi to a point of desperation so that he can show his extreme generosity to them, you know? The only thing I feel fit to give us is these stories. Because the problem is every person's story in this room is so different. Every person could tell of different longings, different struggles, different things that have felt missing or lacking. I think God might be saying something different to each person here. But if you walk away from this morning thinking... I need to spend more time just sitting at my father's feet and letting him speak into my life, letting silence, solitude, and stillness come over me where I feel frenetic and like I'm trying to control things. (laughs) Then I think you'll be where God wants you to be when it comes to knowing how to ask and what to ask for. We have to know who he is, what he's capable of, and the depth of his love for us so my question for us as we're bringing this around is are there times God's giving us bread but to us it appears to be a stone I wanted to give a little anonymous prayer to kind of wrap up with uh this was found somewhere and I uh, there's some mixed sources on who exactly wrote this but I love this and this is just a way for us to reflect I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I I asked for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty That I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything that I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among all people most richly blessed. If Jesus says to you today, what do you want me to do for you? How do you respond? Are you rushing up to grab the $5 bill? Or are you sitting and waiting to find out whether that's would ever really solve the thing you long for? Let me pray. God, thank you so much for your love for us and that your vision of what you want to give us is actually much greater than what we want or think we want to receive. Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to listen for your voice in our life. Help us to see clearly what you really, you really want to give us and just, and just how, much, how much you want to change us through that and how you are the only thing we really, really desire, the only one who will fill the true hole in our hearts pray for that this morning in your name. Amen.